right, welcome to Rock Vegas, everybody. This is Glenn Rockney. I'm back. Um, thanks to the, uh, uh, I don't know, three people that wondered where the hell I was uh, as far as talking Raiders. I uh, thought it'd be more people. Okay, you know, that's fine. I won't hold it against you guys. But um, no, I definitely won't be doing these as regularly um, in the uh, in this part of the offseason. You know, once training camp goes and, and start getting near training camp, definitely going to be uh, ramping it up a little bit more like it was last year. But, you know, during this time of year, I'm going to focus on getting some fun kind of niche episodes. I'm going to be bringing on a Jets fan pretty soon. We're going to talk about poverty franchises, um, talk a little shit about each other's rosters right now. It's going to be kind of fun. Um, I'm going to be doing stuff like that. But um, for today, we're just going to catch up on a couple of things. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about David Irving. Um, David Irving was a cut. I know this has been a couple weeks old, but, you know, it's um, that's a guy that a lot of people thought would at least make the team. Um, I I'm was a little bit on the fence with the new scheme if, if David Irving and, and the fact that he's had those off the field issues in the past. And you just can never count that guy in as being a lock to make the roster. But definitely didn't think he'd be cut this early in the offseason, which leads me to believe that um, maybe he didn't quite show up in shape. I don't know this for a fact, but why else do you cut a guy that maybe was one of arguably the first free agent you signed in the offseason? So that's interesting. But um, it is not like the Raiders are loaded at defensive tackle. That's where I get a little bit concerned looking at the depth chart here on defensive tackle. Um, who are the two interior pass rushers on this team? We know Jonathan Hankins on a, on running downs is going to be out there, but you know, Gus Bradley's scheme, I think is going to have a lot more uh, pass rushing opportunities for the interior. So who are the two interior rushers on this team? Um, I'm looking right now and the, the two names that are jumping out the most to me, are Quentin Jefferson, um, again, free agent from Buffalo, and he has some familiarity in the scheme, solid pass rusher, okay against the run. Um, I think he's just a rock-solid defensive tackle in the NFL. So um, with this team, I, I think that gets you a pretty, pretty much a beeline to the starting job. Um, the other guy is like, damn, Solomon Thomas is really going to see some considerable snaps on this team, I think. Which, yeah, everyone knows Solomon Thomas has athletic talent through the roof. He's an athletic freak. He was, what was he, number two overall in the, in the draft? Uh, the, the famous Trubisky for uh, uh, Solomon Thomas trade that shook up the NFL but really didn't have anything to do with those two players. Uh, it was all about the quarterbacks taken after, right? Um, but yeah, Solomon Thomas, uh, Kendall Vickers, Darius Phylon, Darius Stills. I mean, you got an undrafted rookie. I, I, I know a lot of people like Darius Stills, and I actually like him too. I'm glad that the Raiders have him in camp. Just can't count on an undrafted free agent to be a lock to make the team. We, we just can't count on that right now. So, kind of interesting. It had to have been pretty, uh, pretty jaw-dropping uh, the way David Irving looked coming into <laughs> OTAs because that, that was a surprise cut. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and speaking of the defense, is I, I find this so interesting the way the Raiders have constructed this team, I, I like a lot of the people they've added. But the cut, the construction of the roster is, is, is very, um, it's confusing. And I don't necessarily mean confusing in a terrible way because I have a, there's a lot of outcomes in the range of outcomes where I could see this team being better than last year. But there's also a lot of bust potential with this roster. And 
I'll get to just a real basic one right now because I'm going to bring people on. We're going to talk about this all offseason, this roster construction, because I think it's fascinating. I'll bring people on to give their input. But um, just right now, a real surface level perspective of it. So on offense, the Raiders, the changes the Raiders made were to one, get cheaper on the offensive line and two, get better at running the football. Right. Terrible, terrible running team last year, um, especially for a coach like John Gruden that you know, if they're, if they're not running the ball, he didn't care what the offense ranks at the end of the year. It was a top 10 offense in the league. It was number 10, but still seventh in passing and a lot lower on running. They just couldn't run. And that's got to eat at John Gruden. And I don't, I don't mind them getting back to running the ball. a lot. I don't mind it. I'm, I'm still typically more of a, in 2021, a, a pa- this is a passing league. And I think that they do have a lot of good passing options. And I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback, but they want to get back to running the ball. That's fine. You bring in Alex Leatherwood. He should be right away a good run blocking right tackle. I think past game is going to be a different story. Incognito's back, right? Definitely an upgrade in the run game. So you're, you know, you're, you're what is it? You're four of Colton Miller. Yeah, there, there, it should be, it should be a solid for the run game. Now, they had Kenyon Drake, right? They have two good backs on this team. Two good backs. Um, they didn't have two good backs last year. I think Devontae Booker was a bit overrated by Raider Nation, at times myself. But Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs, that, that should be good. Now, being a run-first team, that's not terrible. You look at teams like San Francisco. You look at uh, teams like Baltimore. They, they, they get their running yards a little bit different, but still. They're successful teams that run the ball first. Not a problem. Those teams have good defenses, though. I don't see a lot of teams in the NFL that have good run game. Or I mean, it has to be great, right? It has a great run game and, and bad defense. I'm talking bad. Average is not, is not... I could see average working. Because I see teams becoming like Minnesota. Minnesota ran the ball great last year. Dalvin Cook, maybe the best running back in the league. But, you know... The defense wasn't that good, and neither were the, neither was the team. And I think that team's constructed very similar to the Raiders, Minnesota. So, I mean, you, okay, I, I asked that question on Twitter the other day, and someone said, hey, 2020 Cleveland Browns. I said, fair enough, but Cleveland was like 20th in the league in defense, if I'm not mistaken, 20th or 22nd. It's a lot different than 30th. That's eight spots ahead. Now, if the Raiders last year, as is, had the 20 to 22nd ranked defense, They'd be in the playoffs. They would. They would have made the playoffs. Everybody says these things about Carr, things about Gruden, and all that stuff. Doesn't matter. Just they would have been like a ten and sixteen if that would have happened. Just because those games that ended on the last drive where the defense just blew it. You, you'd think maybe that the up in the rankings would just help them, you know, and and get them in. So I say all that to say this: Gus Bradley has the most important job on this team. The most important job on this team this year. Now, obviously, look, Derek Carr, quarterback of the team. The team starts and stops with him, but, you know, and and John Gruden, right? Like, but I think we know what we're getting out of Carr. And some people will say it's going to be terrible. I, I, it's not terrible. It's, I'm sorry. It's just, it's not, um, no matter how you slice it. And I think we know what we're getting out of Gruden, right? We don't know what we're getting out of Gus Bradley. And that's why it's so important, right? We're putting a lot on his plate too. There are people that are saying, "Oh, he's gonna. They're gonna be a uh, top fifteen defense." And I'm like, "Yeah, thirty to fifteen when 
you didn't really add a lot of stuff on defense, like not not a crazy amount, not a lot of game changers. Yannick's good. I mean, Yannick's good, and that's going to help a lot. But to say that they're going to jump 15 spots, you're going to need like three great rookie seasons out of some of these rookies and uh, huge second and third years out of these guys for that to happen. Not out of the question. It's not something I'm banking on. If they can slide in between that, like 20, basically what the Browns were last year, right? Like it's not a bad thing to chase, you know? Browns have a few more difference makers on defense that make game-changing plays that I don't see the Raiders having. But again, if you can slide into that ranking, Gus Bradley's worth it already, right? Then the year after, you really start, you know, becoming, oh, wow, is this defense good, you know? So, yeah, um, now I, I, I want to get to some mailbag questions. Um, won't take up too much time here uh, right now, and uh, I don't want to ramble too much tonight. A lot of Raider Nation's going, yes, thanks. Um, so let's start. Mailbag question. This is from Stevie, Stevie D. Always ask good questions, and this one is no different. Uh, he, Stevie says, do you think Jalen Richard is cut before the season starts? I'm not really sure what his role is after the Drake signing. Also, do you see someone like DJ Turner could make it as mainly a return specialist to keep Ruggs and Renfro from returning? Um, okay, we'll start with the first part of that question. Uh, yeah, I do. I do think uh, Richard's cut before the season starts, not because of Kenyon Drake. It's because of Theo Riddick. I think Theo Riddick takes a spot. They're kind of the same player, um, although Theo Riddick, I think, is actually even better at pass protection. So I think that's going to ease John Gruden's mind about making that switch because I think he really likes Jalen Richard. I don't think it's I don't think it's a it's going to be a cut because he hates the guy. But, you know, I think we've seen the best of Jalen Richard. Um, not saying Theo Riddick has, you know, a crazy prime ahead of him, but I, I just think you can say it's worth the money saving and you don't lose a lot from the player. So I think if you have Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, and uh, um, Theo Riddick, I, I think they're fine going to war with that. Now, as far as the return question, um, DJ Turner, uh, I got to admit, I don't know much about DJ Turner. I think these preseason games for the return guys are huge. Um, he's going to have to contribute elsewhere as well. Um, so I don't know if it's, if it's going to be just a return guy. Um, yeah, I definitely don't think they want rugs returning kicks. Um, it's probably not a good idea to be doing that. But I like I like Hunter Renfro. As a punt returner, like I like them and I, and I, I'd like them to stick with that. Now, you know, some people will say like, you know, you, you don't want your slot receiver, you know, g- getting in harm's way like that. Uh, yeah. But then that could lead to somebody like Willie Sneed, maybe sneaking in on the team, being the backup slot just in case that's not a terrible circumstance either. But uh, I like what Renfro did again. I, I said it a few episodes ago, but Jonathan Abram took away a hundred Renfro touchdown against Atlanta. Hunter Renfro can wiggle on, on punt returning. He's got deceptive speed, man. Like it's, I know it's classic white guy term, but he, I mean, I don't know. He's got more wheels. I remember when he took that slant to the house for his first touchdown against Houston. I was like, damn, didn't know he had that kind of speed. So yeah, I, I, I mean, you can't count the UDFA speed guys out, right? Cause those guys do make teams as, as returners, especially as special teams guys. It does happen. It wouldn't surprise me, but I'd like to see Renfro uh, out there. And and what is a kick return in the NFL anymore, by the way? We don't even see kick returns anymore. It kind of sucks. All right. Let's move down. Uh, Tier. So Tier at Tier Raiders 22 um, says, who is your surprise cut this offseason? This one's interesting. Surprise 
cut this offseason. Um, I am going to go, and I like this guy. I like this guy a lot, actually. I think he's going to... I wouldn't be surprised if he makes the team and gets a lot of targets, but I also wouldn't be surprised if somebody else beats him out. And that's uh, that's John Brown. Sounds weird, right? Like, it sounds weird. And he's a veteran receiver. I still think there's a good chance he does it. But if you're asking me for, like, a surprise cut, like one where it's like everybody... There's always one every year where they're like, what? You know, like this guy didn't make the team. And I, I could see it being John Brown. One-year deals, not making a lot of money. I doubt a lot of it's guaranteed. So yeah, I, I, I could see that. I, I mean, you, you figure if, if Ruggs and Edwards have great camps. like I'll, I'll put it to you this way. If John Brown's cut, I think it's a good thing per se because I think that means a lot of guys stepped up in that receiver core. So yeah, I, I think he, I, th- I think that could be one. Um, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm looking on defense. Like I, I'm, I don't really see anybody on defense. I think that would be like a surprise. I, I maybe like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I see it. I don't, I don't know if I see a lot of it. Maybe like, like, I don't know. Maybe like, maybe Casey Hayward. I don't think so. Like, I don't think they would cut Casey Hayward. I think he's here to stay. But no, I, it, it, to me, it's John Brown. That would be the surprise cut. Um, Tears got another question too. I saw it here. Uh, let's see. Okay, got it. He's got two more questions. Let's get to them. Uh, I asked for fun questions, right? On Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Glenn Rockney if you don't already. Um, how much to let Lynn Bowden tattoo the Raiders logo on your inner thigh? Um, pause, first of all. Uh, second of all, I don't have any tattoos, so it would be my first one. I feel like if you have a bunch of tattoos, it wouldn't you wouldn't ask for that much money. But this is a fresh canvas you'd be working with here. I'm going to say, see, I need a down payment on a house, right? And I live in the Bay Area. So let's say I'm going to take it elsewhere out of state to Vegas. 20K. 20K. Yeah. No, I, yeah, 20K. And I got it. The thigh, I mean, I love the Raiders too. I don't care if it's shitty. It's on the inner thigh, right? Maybe high enough to where, like, maybe in swim trunks it doesn't show. Yeah. No, no problem. No problem. Um, Tier, what is your third question here? Um, he said, "I okay, how do you feel about Julio Jones uh, coming to the Raiders? Um, and then your 2021 early, early predictions, MVP, biggest leap, biggest bust, ETC. I don't know what ETC means. I'm just going to answer those three. So Julio Jones, first of all, I would love to have Julio Jones on the Raiders would be an electric wide receiver depth chart. I think anywhere he goes, he basically doubles the value of the receiving core. I mean, he is still that good. Uh, Yeah, I think I I would trade for him. I mean, I still think a third and a fifth gets it done. Plus you take on the salary and maybe even just a second, but I'd push for a third and a fifth. Um, I still think he's going to go to like Tennessee. In my opinion, it's going to be my prediction. Um, I think, think he'll go to Tennessee. I think Atlanta wants to trade him out of the NFC. Usually that's what happens when stars get traded unless Seattle or San Francisco blows them away, but those guys hardly ever have any picks. So, you know, I I could see that, but yeah, I would love to veteran wide receiver with John Gruden usually means good things. Look what he did with Nelson Aguilar last year, Jerry Rice, Tim Brown uh, earlier in his Raiders tenure. You kidding me? Julio Jones would be incredible here. I I mean, bring him in Uh, MVP of the team. uh, I mean, 
okay, I think it's Derek Carr, but everyone's whatever. He's the quarterback of the team. If he has this, if he has the season he did last year, I bet you he's probably the team MVP. So I will say it's Darren Waller, right? MVP of the team. Cause I do think that, uh, even though quarterback's a more valuable position, I think this offense needs Darren Waller just needs it. I mean, every offense does probably, but especially a West coast offense with the tight end. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's Darren Waller. Guy's incredible. I was just watching his, uh, um, I was watching like a Raiders touchdown, like all their touchdowns and it are not even touchdowns, just like offensive highlights. And it's just like, I, I just forget about some of the plays Waller made. We're just like, damn, like when he just gets red hot, like in the saints game, you know, in the, in the saints game, he was just red hot, like just catching everything, contested catches, catching and running. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, biggest leap. Um, the biggest leap. I'm going to actually go with another tight end foster Moreau, my guy. Foster Moreau, tight end two this year, tight end two in the West Coast offense gets a lot of looks. Um, we knew that with Jason Witten last year and, and you know, especially in the red zone. Um, I think Foster Moreau is going to be probably other than Darren Waller, the best red zone threat on the team this year. Um, he was his rookie year, still inexplicable um, why they had to go sign a veteran tight end last year. I, I Maybe injury related, but Foster didn't look injured last year. Uh, Watch that indie touchdown where he shook the safety out of his shoes. Um, my theory there is that the safety thought it was Jason Witten and was like, oh, no, this is actually a, a guy who knows who, whose legs still work. Um, but Foster Moreau's good. He's got wheels, man. He, he can run. Big guy. Consistent hands. Um, you know, Mayock's catching a lot of shit for his uh, drafts in you know 2019, uh, especially that first round. A lot of it comes from me. But uh, Moreau and Renfro on day three and Crosby. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so the biggest bust, man, I'm telling you, and this one's going to hurt. This one's going to hurt a lot of people, and I, I think it's Henry Ruggs. I think it's Henry Ruggs. I hope not. I, I like the guy a lot, and I hope he's good. I just, man, I, I, I've said this, you know, on, in past podcasts, but that speed does not look like 4-2 speed. It, it just, you know, certain guys don't look as fast as they do at the combine, and I just, I don't know if it is. And I, and I also don't love the way they use him. Um, I would try to get him the ball in space, get it to him, get it in his hands early. Cause every time they would run these jet sweeps, it was a free eight to 10 yards, you know? And there was a play against Tampa where he just ran like just an out route and just, just beat the guy out the edge. You know, the speed did show up there, but the, like the lateral quickness, like against Denver later in the season when that knee should have been at least, you know, better. He, he like gets beat he gets beat to the, to the sideline by line, by a linebacker. You're like, well, what the hell's going on here? And, you know, I, I don't know how much, how much I love him, you know, consistently in contested catches. Um, I still think he needs to work on his deep route running. Maybe he did. Right. I've just read the Tashawn Reed piece about it where he, uh, really made, you know, strides, putting on some weight, getting stronger. Hopefully the speed didn't lose, but I think a lot of people are expecting, the reason I say Henry Ruggs would be the biggest bust of the uh, of this year, I think it would be because we just expected a thousand yard year out of him, and I'm just not sure we're going to get that. Um, hope I'm wrong because again, I don't I don't dislike the guy. Um, wouldn't have been my pick at at that spot, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I just I see Brian Edwards having a bigger leap than him this year, you know. Um, so, anyways, let's uh, let's move on here. And uh, this one, 
Okay, let's get to that. I, I'm going to save uh, uh, this other one for the last part, but let's go. Uh, there are two related fight questions. Of course, Raider fans, when it comes to let's have fun, they immediately go to fighting and bars So and, and being drunk. So that's why I love Raider Nation. Uh, this one comes from Mike at Raider Mike 135. Between starters on offense and defense, who would win in a battle royale? Uh it's it's the offense. I would never take the thirty second, the thirtieth ranked defense in a battle royale against the tenth ranked offense, right? Most of which because they're fast and physical on offense. Um, that offensive line will bloody up that defensive line. Um, think the wide receivers are physical. I think the tight ends are physical. They could take the safeties, you know, neutralize Jonathan Abram in a bar fight. I think you get Darren Waller fighting. Jonathan Abram, you know, and Jonathan Abram might get him, but Darren Waller's big. He's got the reach on him. Uh, let's see. Yeah, and then, I'm sorry, Incognito's on the offensive line. I mean, you got the ultimate enforcer. I could just see him wearing like a Vader a Vader mask, like the old school wrestler Vader. It's Vader time. And, uh, you know, yeah, that, Denzel Good, the mammoth. Guy's enormous. Um Derek Carr's on offense. I'll just, that's all I'll say about that. I don't think he's doing much in the battle Royale. Um, definitely going sleeveless with uh, sunscreen and oil on the arms though, for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's absolutely the offense whipping the defense's ass. Um, so let's go up to my man, BD Williams. He asked me a question. He said, which three Raiders not named Richie incognito. Are you bringing to a bar fight? A lot of people said Darius Phylon. Um, I'm not going to say that for now. Pending legal issue. I got to know a little bit more about that. Um, so a lot of people, I'm going to go through a lot. A lot of people responded. He's a popular guy, this BD Williams man. Popular man. Whenever he comments, there's a lot of comments below him. So I'm going to tell you my, my three right now. Jonathan Abram, obvious reasons. I mean, the guy could just literally... He could pop a few guys with the with the shoulder before he tears his labrum, and I think he'll still fight through the torn labrum. So you got that. I would say I'm going to take two guards on the team. He said no incognito. Obviously, I would pick him. I mean, you'd be crazy not to, but I'm going to start with John Simpson, right? Crazy, right? Out of left field. Nobody's thinking John Simpson. I didn't see anybody pick him in these comments. John Simpson, the scouting report on him was that he was a mauling guard with meat hook hands was what his offensive line coach at Clemson said. Meat hook. And I think some of the senior bowl coaches said the same way. Like, guy just has huge hands. So that's who I want in a bar fight. Big old dude with hands like meat hooks. Doesn't sound like a guy who can get his ass kicked at a bar. Then I'm going to go with Denzel Good on the other side. Again, big guy. So I got my speed, just kind of cheetah-like safety, Jonathan Abram. And then I got my two guards, big guards. Um, Cold Miller and Leatherwood, I, I think they're more finesse guys, honestly, but you know, that, that's why I wouldn't put them in a fight. So, um, honorable mention would be Alec Ingold. I think Alec Ingold would be good, right? I, I think he, he's, he looks like a guy that would like smash a beer can on his head, you know, what I mean, open one with his eye socket and then just fuck somebody up. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I like that question a lot, BD. Thank you for that. Okay. Chad Glass at, Glass half full. I like that name. Uh, I'm going to go top three. He says top three Raiders not named Carr, Gruden, or Ruggs with the most approved. Um, I did not prepare for this one. So this is off the top of the head. Um, one is Cleveland Furl. Like, come on, dude. Let's go. Year three. 
fourth overall pick. I got to see. I got to see it this year, man. I got to see it. And when I say it, I mean like where you can be like, all right. Okay. Let's where he's not a bust anymore. You know, it doesn't have to be the pinnacle of his career. Maybe that comes in year four, year five. I just, I got to see more than we've seen. It's, it's clearly, clearly, uh, Cleland, clearly Cleland for all. That's a tough way to say. That's something I should have warmed up with before I started anchorman style. But, uh, Henry Ruggs, too. Oh, sorry. He said not name Henry Ruggs. Um, I think it's Corey Littleton is two. Uh, Corey Littleton's going to have to have a bounce back here. Um, again, I think last year we were just so disappointed. Um, I think a lot of that was Gunther's defense. I mean, even Corey Littleton basically all but blamed Paul Gunther. I remember midway through the season, which didn't feel great, but uh, it's Corey Littleton. Um, I, I think he should do a lot better. Um, and then, you know, I'm going to say Abram. It's got to, it's got to be Abram. I mean, worst ranked safety, according to PFF last year out of all starters. So, I mean, you'd like to think you could only go up, but technically you could still get worse grade wise. Right. If you're going PFF, um, no, it's Abram. I mean, I, I we got to see it. We got to, he's got to just play within himself, still be explosive. Not, not the numb nuts plays that you see sometimes out of him. Um, again, I think, I think a comparison to Jonathan Abram, if he's good, if he ends up being good, like, like I hope he is, it's like Draymond green for the warriors where it's like, you, it'll, he'll be one of those guys where you, you'll live with some of the dumb stuff, but he needs to make those game changing plays like Draymond green does. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think those three right there and, uh, yeah, Cleveland Furl and Corey Littleton. Jonathan Abram, those three guys step up this year. I think this defense maybe does get inside the top 20. Really? You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's why I, I picked up three defensive guys. Um, all right, let's get to the next one. Um, okay. Just a couple more left here. Uh, why hasn't divine Diablo practiced yet? This is at Cecil Shelton one. Um, well, I don't know. Um, I'm flattered. Cecil. I, I, I actually don't, uh, I don't, believe that you follow me on Twitter. So you must think I'm a Raiders beat writer, which I'm flattered. I hate to say it, but I'm not. So I don't have press access to the team. Uh, I will. I mean, I don't know why it's got to, I would think it'd be some injury. I don't think I don't, unless, unless these guys just aren't, you know, I, I doubt a, a third round picks like, yeah, I'm skipping OTAs. The guy who's switching positions in the NFL. I doubt that it's got to be some injury. Um, you know, a lot of people were making, you know, I, I'm not going to spend too much time on Divine Diablo. It has to be an injury, right? I, that's, I think that's all we can say now. Um, but 76 out of 89 players per uh, Deshaun Reed reported for the Raiders. That's a good turnout for OTAs. That means you have a lot of young guys, um, even your some of your veteran guys. Like, I think Darren Waller's out there putting in work. Like, it's nice. That's good to see. So I wouldn't worry too much when people say, like, oh, Yannick's not out there. Oh man, like we need him out there. It's first year in a new scheme. It's like, no, no, we don't. We really don't. And remember Jordy Nelson, I think like tore his ACL, like his first week of training camp. It's like, you want these guys out there till they get hurt. And then you're like, why are they out there? You know, look, I will take somebody who's a little bit rusty and healthy. A guy who we think can be a game changer the way we think Yanni Kingakwe can be. I want these guys healthy. That's, that's all, that's all it's about. The goal of training camp as a fan is to just be healthy. You know what I'm saying? Like the goal of, of that, we don't see what's going on behind the scenes. Like we, of course the coaches have different expectations of guys, but all we have 
is to look forward to is, is make sure our guys stay healthy. You know? So I see a lot of fans oh, freaking out about it. Don't freak out. It's OTAs. OTAs are very insignificant. Didn't have OTAs last year, but like 29. Do you remember 2019 OTAs? No, you don't. Right. You only, you only think about them while they're happening. So last question. This one is, I'm sorry, two more questions. And they're both kind of personal questions, I, I guess for me. Um, let's see. Oh, Desto Hendricks at Desto underscore Hendricks says is a part of Raider nation being so emotive due to the fact that sports is one of society's few acceptable ways for men to express their emotions, which what a God I should be sitting on a therapist couch answering the question. Cause it's very much tailored to me. Uh, I was offended by his question um, when he said that. Um, but then I realized he just cut, he, he cut too deep with this one. So um, the answer is yes, by the way. I mean, men can show emotions in sports. Uh, but also, like, I think asking that question as a Raider fan is like, there's probably no more emotional fan right now than a Raider fan. Right. I mean, look what we've been through the last 20 years. Like we have like we've only shown negative emotions, man. Like that's all we've had. I mean, 2016 was was fun, man. Like it was fun. But then like, what did we have? It was like the ultimate negative emotion. It was three weeks of hell. Car breaks his leg. You get the unspeakable Matt McGloin, Connor Cook game at Denver, where I remember I, I want to say it was Matt McGloin missed Mari Cooper literally wide open, like threw it like seven feet over his head. And, uh, and then you get the playoff game, the Connor Cook start, where Brock Osweiler beat us and didn't really even beat us. Raiders couldn't do anything on offense. So it's like we haven't had that like celebration. I haven't really had that in my life. Like when the Raiders went to the, uh, what the like the Super Bowl in, in 2002 like I, I was young like you know a lot of people are like oh I've been a say say somebody's 35 years old and they're like I've been a Raider fan for 35 years it's like I get what you're saying but you haven't been a Raider fan for 35 years you know what I'm saying you weren't a fan when you were a baby like you weren't like like oh that's not holding like out of a, when you're a baby like yelling at the ref like no you're really like minimum like age like eight years old can you be like a fan fan you know what I mean like you're really just like oh this is the team my dad likes you know and uh so yeah like we, it is we do and raider fans if we go on raiders twitter man that's very emotional and men are the most emotional on raiders twitter so yes i agree that is the only place it's it's only a couple other ways maybe it's like stuff with kids and stuff like that like with their kids and their families they can be emotional but I'd argue a lot of Raider fans are probably more emotional for the game. You know what I mean? Like they might try to keep it all together around their family, but when the game is on, man, no holds bar. All right. Last question. This is a good one too. From Chris at bourbon Raider. Uh, he says, damn, I can't think of anything creative. See, he says this and then says something creative. Uh, he said, instead, can you share how your Raiders fandom started and how, and how'd you get into podcasts? Also, who's your favorite past player and current player? So I'll start with the I'll start with the favorite player part too. So favorite current player on the Raiders, like I, I gotta go with Waller. I mean, Waller's just a beast, man. It's just a beast. Which is funny because I, I love um defense. Like I love defense. So just sucks at the Raider. I mean, Cleo Mack was like my favorite. You know, he's probably my favorite pass player. But uh, it's still tough to even talk about that. I'm still sad about that. 
um, that he's gone. So I won't use him as my hurt pass player. But right now it's Waller, dude. Like Waller is so good. Like I don't even think Raider Nation realizes how good Darren Waller is. I should see 80, number 83 jerseys everywhere. Like no brainer that you buy this guy's jersey. Just a beast. Absolute matchup nightmare. I think he's used perfectly. I think he's one of those guys where he's on the perfect team for him too. You know, a lot of times Raiders in the past, like I liked Amari Cooper, but I was like, man, I don't know if we're using them. You know, I don't think, I don't think we're using them the best way. I didn't think the chemistry with Carr was all there. Um, favorite player in the past uh, is Tim Brown. I, I love Tim Brown though. Um, Tim Brown rocks. Uh, I'm a Notre Dame fan, so you know, do with that what you will. I've heard uh, say your worst to me. It's fine, but I'm a Notre Dame fan, so you you know, you go Notre Dame to Raiders pipeline, like it's it's incredible, and. Uh, I definitely, um, you know, again, Cleo Max probably like the other one that's just like my favorite, but Tim Brown, I mean, you talk about a whole career with the Raiders pretty much. Um, we don't talk about that little Buccaneer stint that he had. He probably doesn't either, but, uh, Tim Brown is, it was kind of, he's just like super underrated. Remember how hard it was for him to get in the hall of fame and everyone's just like, what? like, get him in the hall of fame. Like, how is it, how is he not in the hall of fame? So, uh, yeah, I caught, you know, I, di- I didn't see the, you know, the 90s years of him. I mean, I did, but I, I just wasn't, uh, you know, again, like I said, I, you weren't just that active, obsessed football fan. But uh, to say how I how how I started, um, I wasn't supposed to be a Raider fan, right? I wasn't supposed to be a Raider fan growing up. Uh, my dad was a Rams fan, still is, avid Rams fan. Um, now, my dad is from New York, lived there for a little bit, but then he moved to Arizona, for you know, probably about seven, eight years. And while he was in Arizona, he wanted the games, the local, they didn't have the Arizona Cardinals. They were the St. Louis Cardinals, St. Louis football Cardinals at the time. So uh, in the seventies, he would get LA Rams games there. Um, and the Raiders weren't there yet either. That was, you know, an eighties thing. So it was really just LA Rams down there. And I mean, look, you have the chargers, but who, who would be it? Who would choose to be a charger? fan, Honestly. So he picked the Rams. Now, growing up, like, I'm not going to lie. When uh, there would be some Rams games on, especially when I was like eight, nine years old, like greatest show on turf type stuff. I'm like, this kind of rocks. But I I just couldn't do it as like a fan. I, you know, in the NFC, I always pull for them. Like, I'm always like, hey, if it's a Raiders Rams Super Bowl every year, it'd be it'd be great. I always like for them to go. Um, But I remember growing up, I was kind of like telling my dad, I was like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know if I'm like a, a, a Rams fan. He's like, that's fine. He's like, pick another team. He's like, who does the team you like? And in the back of, you know, he, he kind of, he didn't say it to me, but he looked at me in the eye. It was like, you better not pick the fucking Niners, you little piece of shit. Like you're looking at me, you know what I mean? But lovingly. And, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to, because why, why would I pick that? And then I, I was, my, my mom is a huge A's fan. My parents had season tickets before I was born, um, which is a great way to say that I was too expensive to keep the season tickets. And uh, then I, I was like, well, okay. At the time, the Raiders are in Oakland. A's are in Oakland. Like, I'm just going to like the other team that's there, you know? And then, you know, they, they're good, right? At the time, like, the Raiders are good. John Gruden's got them humming, like, in the late 90s, early 2000s when I'm really getting into football. And, uh, yeah, it's been that way ever since. I'm a rabid fan. Um, can't quit them. Um, I've thought about it many times. Can't. Can't do it. Won't do it. Um, you know? So, uh, as far as podcasting goes, I... Um, dropped out of school but while i was in school i majored in broadcasting radio stuff so um definitely have some experience on air on microphone with that and uh you know i i just always wanted to do this um there was always something stopping me and 
we got locked down um, last year, and especially in California, pretty hard with uh, with COVID. But even before that, I was kind of thinking about doing it. But once that happened, I was like, no, nah, that I'm going to do this. Like, I'm just going to do it. And, uh, you know, I, I don't have the biggest audience in the world. Um, I have another podcast, Rare Candy. We don't have the biggest audience in the world, but it's fun. It's a, it's a creative outlet. It's um, a way for me to talk to somebody where I won't annoy them to death because I have a bunch of rabid Raider fans that listen to me. And that's awesome. You know, and they, they, they're clamoring for me to keep talking football, even when nothing's going on. It's June right now. And people are clamoring for football news about the Raiders. Like, I love it, you know. So, um, you know, thanks, everybody, for listening. Like, uh, I think that's a good way to wrap up. Um, so I'm at Glenn Rockney. You can follow me on Twitter and uh, it's at Glenn Rockney. And uh, this is the Rock Vegas podcast. Uh, if you like this podcast, go on iTunes. Even if you don't listen on iTunes or Apple podcasts, just go on there and leave a review if you can. Um, you know, uh, hopefully you like it. Right. Just helps. It helps it show up a little bit more. Um, again, I'm going to get some more guests on coming up soon. It's going to be some fun episodes. Uh, kind of do some dumb stuff in the off season. You know what I mean? shit talking stuff like that i think i think it's gonna be fun and uh gonna be you know follow uh rare candy pod one on twitter at rare candy pod one um the youtube channel for this is rare candy so um that's where everything i do is located and uh you know the other podcast might not be for you but i you know if you like me you might as well check it out right so uh yeah that's it for me guys uh th- thanks for the mailbag questions and uh raider nation always <laughs>